Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are live. John Dickinson from Boston, the bowels of TD Garden. Matt Steinmetz back in the Bay Area. It's our Warriors weekly podcast between Game 2 and Game 3 of the NBA Finals Series. Shifting to Boston, now tied at a game apiece. And uh, let's just go back a little bit, I guess, through Sunday much more forceful effort from the Warriors. I think it was pretty clear Draymond Green was on one from from the beginning of the game, whether that was physicality or mixing it up with the officials or mixing it up with the Celtics players. Uh, pretty clear, though, he kind of set the tone that the Warriors followed to a win on Sunday in game two. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think, um, you know, I, I think about this a lot is is – a team that wins that first game, if you're Boston, it's just so hard to go try to get two in Golden State. And, you you know, you try to convince yourself that it's a must win, but you know you've already done some work. Meanwhile, you got the Warriors who have been there five times, and they know that they've got to win. And, you know, you kind of just look back at the game, and I just psychologically – it was going to be such a tall task for the for the Celtics to win that game. And, you know, the Warriors came out and they they did everything they had to. And Boston, I thought they played okay the first quarter. But once they were down at the end of the first quarter, then I thought they were in, in a little bit of trouble in that game because they, they had a shot to be up in that game by 10, 12 points at the end of the first quarter. And the Warriors found a way to be up, and and at that point, I thought, okay, um, this is going to be this is going to be a, a big problem for the Celtics to win this game. Yeah, and they they packed it in, and look, the Warriors made them pack it in. I mean, it, it got to the point in the second half where the Warriors go on with the third quarter explosion, and it's all right. I, I think from the Celtics' point of view, we got the one we needed to get, and and let's see if if things can be different in in Boston, and maybe the the Celtics can. Because I think as we look to game three, and, and I do still want to get into some of the things the Warriors did well in game two and, and whether they translate, but as they look to game three, I think you know, the Warriors are feeling good. I think the Warriors are feeling like they've, they've figured some things out maybe that, that they can you know did differently from game one that can translate. I think what the Celtics are thinking coming into game three is we got to get on these guys again, kind of like we did in game four, and let them know that maybe game two was the outlier as it went on. And game one is more of maybe what the norm is going to be for the series. I think game three is going to tell one way or the other whether, hey, the Warriors' adjustments worked and they're the better team or whether 
the Celtics make it kind of look like game one again and the Warriors right. find themselves vulnerable again. Yeah, it's funny because you asked about our show yesterday and what, <laughs> what we talked about a lot. And we talked a lot about Draymond. But the other thing that comes up, and I always chuckle at this, is when you know a lot of people were like, Warriors should be up 2-0. Well, <laughs> no, that means nothing. Like to say that doesn't mean anything. And in the one thing I was thinking is, okay, so um, you know the the two first halves basically they went into the they went into halftime tied or down two. Yeah. So yeah, it was even, but yeah, exactly. aggregate, aggregate it was even in the first half. Exactly. And so um, you, you know, I, I look at it. And I thought the first half of game two, actually, you know, the Celtics are making the Warriors a little bit uncomfortable, you know, and and the problem Celtics have is is their own scoring. But then in the second half, Warriors started making some tougher shots and they got on a roll. But, I, you know, I think I think you're right. I think Boston's got to get back to um, trying to play that stifling defense, maybe even raise it a notch because you're at home and maybe you're going to get, um, they're going to let you play a little bit more um, because that, that's the one thing that I've seen in the first couple games is there are times when the Warriors, they look like they're struggling to score against Boston. And to me, Boston struggles to score more because they just don't have the personnel. They don't have enough scores. I think, I think that's going to be their problem as the series moves on is can they score enough points outside of Jalen Brown and Tatum? Um, but they, they've got to get back to playing kind of that. They've got to get back to playing defense as physically as they can forcing the refs to either say that's too much. Uh, you know, they got to walk that line to find out what they can get away with and what they can. Yeah. And, and look, you know, the winner of game three, it's, it's 32 out of 39 times, you know, goes on to win the series when it's, when it's one, one. So, you know, historically that that's a big tell as far as, as that game goes, I think the warriors, and, and I don't know if they know it yet. And look, the, the core group and Steve Kerr, they've been through just about everything, tough losses, finals, wins, environments. I'll say one thing from being in Boston here for maybe the last almost 24 hours, I guess now is, and it, it almost doesn't need to be said, but I kind of feel like in the Bay area, it does need to be said like this place is, this place is lit for this, for this right. series and this, and, and this team. And, you know, you're kind of walking around and I mean, it's, it's to be, to put it honestly, it's, it's unlike anything I've seen other than maybe like the saints, on uh, you know like a game sure. day before they're playing on a Sunday like people are into this and it's a big deal here and there's signs everywhere and and I guess what I'm getting at is the Warriors have seen a lot of hostile tough environments I'm, I'm going to put it out there right now I don't think they've seen anything like they're going to see tomorrow and in particular and maybe Friday if they end up going down two to one well interesting too is that one of the things that you know I, I heard a lot from the listeners and the fans yesterday is you know they're they're excited about the fact Boston hasn't played well at home in the postseason, and I don't know how you feel about it. I just don't think it matters at this point that they're what are they five and four? I think yeah, at home it, or something it's like that. Weird, and they've lost the first game that they've played in each series. Whatever the whether it was game one against Milwaukee, game three against right. Miami, the last couple of they've lost the first game of those last two series. They've also lost. 
a game five where they could have gone up three, two, and then they, they lost a game six where they could have closed it out. I, I do think that the, the one that stands out to me was game three of the Miami series. Cause they came back. It was one, one, right. And they were down 38 to 16 or something at the end of the first quarter. And, you know, they, they came back. They always do. I think both of these teams are always going to make runs. The Celtics typically always make a run, especially at home. And they did. And, and they almost pulled the game out. But but there is something weird to the fact that they I, I don't know whether they come out flat. Maybe the maybe the environment affects them a little bit. They get a little tight by how how big it it feels and, and you know, just how much emotion is is in the building. But I, I think going into it, it I think going into it, it's something the Warriors can look at and the Warrior fans can look at and think, okay, yeah, that's good. And the Warriors have won the 26 in a row on the road and you know, one in each series that they've played. That's great going in, but we're going to know tomorrow whether that's going to look like it's going to hold up or not. And, right. and I think we could change our opinion on it you know, by halftime. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking at it as an outlier at this point, especially because the – you know, I, I look at the game that the that the Celtics are coming off, and I think the Celtics, you know, they're going to take today, and you know, they, you know, they they kind of whined about Draymond after the game, and I think that's going to settle in today. And by the time tomorrow comes, I think they're going to know how they have to play to to win the game. And I don't think like, and I always feel this way too. It's like if they're ready to play they'll probably be competitive. Doesn't mean they're going to make shots, but I I just got the I just get the feeling and not just cuz of what you said, but I think they're going to this environment is going to be tough for the Warriors. Um, well, it's tough for the guys that haven't been through it. I mean, it's exactly. I'm not necessarily worried about Steph or Clay or Draymond or or you know, Looney even who's been through it. We'll kind of throw a good out. Talking about Jordan Pools who we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about Pool. We're we're talking about, I mean, we're really talking about pool, I guess we're talking yeah, about and I would, even yeah. maybe Peyton, you know, who had, I mean, he seems a little tougher yeah. minded, but just the guys that haven't been through it. Exactly. Andrew Wiggins yeah. believe Andrew Wiggins has played a lot of big games in his career. Well, he's played a lot of, you know, regular season games in tough environments in his career. Let's not say big games right. necessarily, but, but he's played games in some hostile environments. I don't think he's, played a game with the stakes in in this kind of environment so it's not nothing like I get it the Celtics haven't played well here in TD Garden like going into it hey that's something where maybe the Warriors can come out and get them but I also think there is a potential advantage for the Celtics because this I mean this is the finals for crying out loud I mean this it it is it is kind of different absolutely and you know like I'm Jordan Poole to me he's not come out of it you don't come out of it until you have a good game on the road. And, you know, we he, he's going to have to play. He's going to have to play better than he's – you know, obviously last game was was a little bit different. He kind of came alive. But even that was in the second half when they had a little bit of a cushion and it got a little loose. So, he's you know, he's the guy I'm, I'm looking at uh, tomorrow night as, well, let's see what he's going to do in, in Boston because it's a, it's a completely different – uh, environment. And then, you know, it's, I always think it's funny too, is people are like, well, you know, Clay's four for 19. He's not going to be four for 19 again. So he'll be better, but nobody else, like everybody else will be the same, but Clay will be better. So right. you know, well, you know, I mean, as great as Steph's been, you know, what if he has a, what if he has a six for 22, yeah. which, 
He's well, had then, the past. Then they'll need Clay to be exactly. eleven for fifteen or what do you what do you make for eighteen? What do you make of Clay? I you know I said it the other night on the post game. I I I'm I'm kind of with you on pool to to set that like we'll we'll see. I, I it did look like you know, maybe he just sees a couple shots go in and he he relaxes a little bit. But I do think tomorrow tells the story on him. As far as Clay, I just think it's you know he he telegraphed Sunday at Saturday's media availability when he said I got to take more shots, right. I got to hit more shots. Like he was just almost defiant clay again and that you know what that told me that told me he was gonna i mean he said it i'm gonna take a lot of shots and and when he's right. had when he's done that since he's returned i feel like for the most part he hasn't played great when when that's sort of been the mentality and you can see the frustration so so that's kind of one end of it for me as far as clay goes steiny the other part of it and i said this on the post game it, it, he probably will have one game out of the next four or five where he's awesome. And right. like, but he's not going to have four games where he's, or, or even three games, or maybe even, you know, maybe it's two games out of a seven game series and he hasn't had any yet. It's just for this season, not going to be what it had been in the past. It's just not like, but if he right. has 40 in one of these games in Boston, that could be the reason they win one of the games in Boston. That could be one of the reasons they end up winning the championship. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's so funny because I, to me, it's like so he's come back from not playing for thirty months, and and I think the like the big picture, I think you got to be really impressed. I mean, he hasn't missed any games. I guess he sat some back to backs just uh, precaution, but I think all in all, you'd have to be like, you know what, he's he's been pretty good, but. I think honestly, we also have to say, but he's not quite the player he he used to be, at least at this point. So the question sure. is, one question is, can he get back to that player next year? Like that, I agree. That's we'll, we'll find out about that. Um, if they can win this series, and he's kind of playing like this, where another you know, another couple bad shooting games, maybe one or two good shooting days. I mean, in a way, it's like. They shouldn't be able to win it if Clay doesn't play better than this. You know what I but mean? It, but, if, but it also feels like they can. can. It also feels like can, they can. Yeah. If they can, then they're then they're that much better than Boston. You know what I mean? If if you're, if you're telling me they can win this series and Clay's going to have one good game out of five or six, well, then that's when I almost look ahead to next year and say, well, if you're telling me Clay didn't even have to be old clay and they want it, you know, that, that's the thing that's, that, that's been, I guess, surprising to me is, you know, you have to objectively say that, you know, Steph's year this year wasn't as good as, you know, the previous four or five years. Clay's not quite the player he was. Draymond's been a little bit in fits and starts and yet here they are. And, and I would have thought, like if you would have told me this is how their big three is going to be this year, I would have said, well, they're probably not going to win it then. If you know Steph's not shooting like he used to shoot, and you know Clay's hit or miss, and Draymond's, you know, he's good when he wants to be, but then they're like, I wouldn't have thought they could have gotten this far. Yeah, so I and, really think it's a credit to the other guys, even though you know the, the big three's been good, but they haven't. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I've been out of this world. Well, and, and one of the other guys is Gary Payton II because he was a major factor. And look, we didn't know what he'd be able to do in, in game two. And he he did a lot more than I think you could have expected, even if you were on the high end of, of expectations. Right. For, for I mean, he was – they need, and they needed it. I mean, and, and you know, we talked about – I think I texted you when, when Iguodala went out, and I said, you know what, that probably just makes it easier for Steve Kerr. Like just especially if they knew Peyton could give him some minutes at least, because he's just more athletic and just a better matchup against these Celtics players. Like Igadala, for you know, you, we can he play well, did he not play well in game one? I thought he was okay, but it looked to me almost like the Celtics were loving the fact that Igadala was going to be playing five or six games because they knew they had an edge on him physically that maybe they don't have on on Peyton who who wreaks havoc and and just good things happen when he's on the floor for the Warriors. Yeah, I, and I wonder, I'm, and not to get sidetracked too much on Iguodala, but why not? Is I'm, I wonder if he's done for the series. It kind of feels that way because you know, because here's what I was thinking. Let's say, because I, I kind of think you're right. I mean, it just makes it easier for Steve Kerr. Like, well, Peyton's a better player if, right now. Like, Peyton's a better player. He is, and if Iguodala is healthy. How do you not play him after all he's done? And and Kerr's, Kerr's basically said that before. Remember when there was all the talk about Clay, and he's like, hit the pike. Clay's going to start. I owe it to him. He's a and champion. And he's going to finish. And he's going to finish the game no matter what. So, so if he feels that way about Clay Thompson, you know he feels that way about Iguodala. So if is not available, it does make it easier for him. And, and I also think about kind of the pride factor almost with Iguodala. Like, like I wonder if – he he might be able to play, but well, it looks like he tried. It looks like he tried, right? Didn't have it physically, and and he gave it he gave it everything he could, and now he just can't. Like that's exactly. how it looks. Like those are the optics of it at this point, and that maybe benefits everybody. I guess is what you're saying. Maybe it exactly. benefits to, to I don't want to say tap out, but just have it kind of end that way. Like he gave what he had. He he's physically unable and the Warriors now have a better option that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking like win uh, win win and, and you don't ha- <laughs> and you don't have to you don't have to go into any grand explanations yeah he's just, just say, out you know he's just out yeah. and, and you can't play them both together either like that's the no. other part like say you want Iguodala to no. play it's another guy that creates well it, are Iguodala and Peyton going to be out there at the same time no they can't well what about Draymond and 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 so you're you're you get yourself into that where you always have two and, and even sometimes maybe three of those guys that aren't aren't big time scorers and it just I think it makes it a lot harder for Steve Kerr to to pencil in five man combinations to where they don't get locked down defensively because they don't have enough scores. Yeah what one of the things is I, I guess a lot of people like the lineup where they had Curry, Peyton, Porter, Draymond and is it Poole? Or I Wiggins. It, I think it was Wiggins. Yeah. And I and I, I pointed that lineup out. They had a yes. quick 10-0 run. Not long stretches, but short stretches. Maybe. I, I want to like I need to see that lineup score consistently. 
because you know that's that's one of the things that w- when I saw that lineup. Although, yeah, it it, it was fine in game. Well, Curry two. took it over in that in that exactly. stretch too, and that's and that's what he has to do with those other players on the floor. I don't. I kind of feel like that's the lineup you can maybe get away with against Boston because they will be able to defend at a level to where, hey, Boston's not going to score a lot anyway, so you're not going to get wrecked in those minutes. Right. And if Curry does something or Porter hits a couple of threes, it, it could wind up being a it could wind up being a plus, right? Like if, if yeah. the Warriors are putting a, a Miami kind of a unit out there for, for a five or six minute stretch, well guess what? A Miami kind of unit gave Boston trouble and you know for for long stretches of of the of the previous series. So Peyton being able to play I thought was was huge. And if if he's as well physically as he was in game two that's a big time ad for, for the Warriors rotation. Uh, Bielitsa got some run. What did you think of the switch of Draymond onto Jalen Brown and clay onto Al Horford? I mean, they, they took Horford out of the game completely. I mean, he didn't even take a shot in the first half, which is something you pointed out a couple of days ago. It's like, Hey, if you're even within a couple feet of him, he just will keep it moving. And that's yeah, he- exactly what he did. Yeah, and and like you could almost. Um, well, I thought the thing I thought Draymond on on J- Jalen Brown was interesting because the one thing I do worry about with Jalen Brown is 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 ball handling out mm-hmm. on the perimeter, and it, it, if he were a little better a better ball handler, I would say Draymond can't guard him. But I got to see maybe maybe Draymond can guard him out on the floor. I, you know, to me, the big thing is going to be Draymond tomorrow night. What, what, and this is what I always, like, if you're the officials, what, and, and here, here's what I was thinking too, you know, if, if let's say, you know, you're, you're going to media today, if this thing escalates a little bit, and we've already heard, like, and I get it, Cedric Maxwell doesn't matter, but everybody's talking about Draymond. And now, right. you know, the Boston Celtics today say, you know, we got to, what, what, whatever they say, you know, we got to. We got to match that physicality. We can't allow him to punk us like this. This is the da 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 da. What do you do if you're the refs and you're meeting before this game tomorrow? Like, to I know fans a lot, a lot of fouls times, both ways. You call well, a lot, I just lot of think, fouls both ways, probably right. Right, but I think fans are like, well, just just ref the game. Well, it's like you can't just ref the game. Like you have to kind of set a tone if you're the officials and if the officials. You know, come out and call a couple quick ticky tack ones early. You know, how's that going to affect everybody, especially especially Draymond? They're well, not going. Draymond's not going to be allowed to do what he did in Game Two. I don't believe. I, I mean, I wouldn't think so either. But I would also imagine that that Scott Foster is going to be here for for Game right. Three tomorrow, and I think that was intentional by the league to have their their number one guy, I think, in a tough environment at least, maybe right. their number one guy overall, but their number one guy in a tough environment at least, to have that first game in Boston, especially if it's one to one, because it's just going to be a madhouse. And and it's and it's and after everything that happened in Game Two, I think that's a that's a part of it as as well. So I mean, you know, knowing his history, and and I know the trends are. Uh, the road team likes it when he's there, uh, but but I mean, I, I what do officials do in situations like that? To me, they just call a lot of fouls both ways early, 
and then and then both teams are kind of frustrated and then you fan it out as the as the game goes on because you got control of it early yeah you, the other thing i was thinking about with with draymond was i i almost get the feeling and i don't know why but he he was ready to get thrown out of game 2 like he well, had already yeah he'd already done the math or the calculus and he said you know what if i get thrown out like I get thrown out and either A, I think we can still win the game without me, or B, we're still not dead at down 0-2. You know what I mean? Like, I get yeah. that everybody, it's best of seven and every game's monster, but when you're the Warriors, you still have wiggle room. You, you know you still have wiggle room. And I just felt like he was, you know, he was ready to take whatever was given to him and they just never, you know, they never, they never threw him out of the game or they never gave him the second technical and he just kept playing and and the next thing you know, the Warriors won by 20. Yeah, no, he he clearly had an agenda. And and it and it, exactly. and it definitely and it definitely helped the Warriors. And I think, you know, once he gets that first technical, then it's all right, are our officials really gonna throw him out? And I think it's kind of like, are you really gonna call the sixth foul on a on a superstar player? Are you really gonna call the fourth foul in a first half if you leave somebody in the game that's got three with with six minutes to go? I mean, I you're, you're daring the officials essentially to do it at that point, and and they didn't do it. And I and I don't think they they wanted to do it. I don't think that they wanted to do it in part maybe because of what had happened in the in the prior series. Like I think there's almost an added benefit of hey, you know what? He kind of got jobbed maybe a little bit in that other series. Right. We'll give him a little bit more leeway in this series. The the other angle to this, and I think this is the best way to close uh, the last couple of minutes is how do you think the Celtics handled it? Because I didn't like some of the comments that Jalen Brown made after the game. Like to me, it did it did lend itself to maybe they're getting a little too caught up in what Draymond's doing, saying, and that's a, that can be an advantage flat out for the Warriors if if the Celtics who who can be a little whiny with the officials themselves, that you know, that that's a trend of theirs in, in other series, especially their star players. Like if they're they're thinking about that stuff, it, then they're in trouble. I guess is yeah, what I'm getting I, at. I mean, I hear you, but by the same token, I came out of that game like my number one thing coming out of that game was really you're gonna let you you kind of gonna let Draymond do that, and I, I just think. Well, the answer was yes, and then but the, the follow up is so what? Like I think I well, said that to but, you yesterday. But that's like, the thing. So what if your boss? But that's the thing. To me, on. you have one. But to me, you have one game where you're like, you're gonna let this guy do that. Well, yeah, we are. Okay, okay, you're gonna let him do that. They're gonna let him do that. Everybody, let's go. Like this is now game three. Yeah, that's what. Like that's why I didn't mind them saying, you know, this is a bunch of crap. They're gonna let him do this. this is who Draymond is, but uh, you know. You'd like to think by tomorrow they'll be ready for him to do it again. Well, I think there's another fork in the road. I mean, you know it's coming now, right? I, I mean, think maybe, so. Yeah. Maybe you're not really thinking about it, but I mean, when you get the when you get the the mics in game and guys are talking, hey man, boy, he's really talking. Like, what are we gonna do about it? Like, what do you mean, what are you gonna do about it? You play the game. Like that was. He, I mean, Draymond's so smart. He may be, honest to God, he may have been like, okay, I'm setting the table early in this series. Okay, so now we're going back to Boston, and he may be like, you know what? I'm going to get mine in Boston, meaning they're probably not going to let me do it in Boston. But I'm going to get – still got to try to do it. 
you know, or, but my point is, is he may get run in game three or four, but he'll still be back for the last, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then he'll get the benefit of the doubt the last two, two or three games because he will have been ejected maybe in game uh, uh, three or four. You know what that's I mean? Interesting. No, that's I mean, interesting. It, it's another one of the many forks in the road. I think a game three provides. And, yeah. and the one thing we, and you know, I know the Warriors kind of feel like they, they figured some things out, you know, they're thinking, Hey, come in, get game three and then, and then see what happens. Where are you? I, I do feel like it in some ways gets a little tougher each game to win that game on the road. And I know the Warriors have done it in games. Like to me, if you don't answer right back in game three, I think game four is tougher. I think game six, if you know, then you're in a position where maybe you got to come back for game six and you're down. I think that game's tougher to win. Uh, you agree with that? I've always kind of thought as you go, it gets harder to win the one road game you need to win once you're in the position the Warriors are. Yeah, I thought in, I thought from the beginning that I think the Boston Celtics have to win two games at Chase, and I still yeah. think that, and that that's what I think it's going to come down to. You know, can they win another game at Chase? And you're right, it's going to be harder than Game One for sure, and because I I just don't. Just be surprised if they come back to chase and the Celtics are up 3-1. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, good stuff, my man. Appreciate uh, appreciate you rolling out early for this, and we'll uh, we'll do it again after game three. Good stuff. All right, man. All right, we'll talk to you later. J.D. from Boston for Steiny, our Warriors Weekly Podcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.